0: For today comes to us from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 21 verses 33 to 46. Let us listen out to God's holy word. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a winepress in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce, but the tenants seized his slaves, and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves more than the first, and they treated them the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to the tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death, and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read this in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to people that produce the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken To pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the priests and the Pharisees heard this parable, they realized it was them Jesus was speaking about. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. Friends, would you please join me in prayer? Almighty God, we pray that as we listen to your holy word this day in Scripture, as we think about the vineyard. The tenants were charged to take care of. May we consider the vineyard that you have given to each and every one of us in the shared vineyard where we do our collective work. Bless the meditation of our hearts and minds, O God, as we think about the ways you call us to be your disciples today. Amen. So, selfies. Selfies. We've all taken one, whether we admit it or not, and if for some reason you don't know what a selfie is, it's the action of holding your mobile device or your mobile phone in a way where you can take a picture of yourself without having someone else take it for you. It's a little hard, though, it's a little tricky to find the perfect angle to take such a picture Many times it feels like we're taking pictures at an unflattering angle. But it's not just the angle. Sometimes the places where we take selfies are unflattering. And in those instances, social media or the people on social media will tell us that we've made a mistake. Jesus is one such social commentator as he tells the religious leaders that the picture of themselves might not be appropriate. Or at the very least, it's not as flattering as they hoped it would be. To ride this selfie illustration train for a little longer, I want us to imagine some places where we could take a selfie, but it really isn't a good idea. For one reason or another, really, there's multiple reasons why it's not a good idea to take pictures in these places. For example, imagine, well, first, you know, you can close your eyes. Imagine you're in these places, or imagine these places, if you know them. For example, imagine you were visiting Chernobyl. Is that a good place to take a selfie? chernobyl being the site of one of the most devastating nuclear accidents or how about taking a selfie at the uss arizona memorial a place that commemorates the lives that were lost during the attack on pearl harbor is that appropriate finally a double whammy What are your thoughts on taking a selfie at the Ground Zero Memorial or the historic home of Anne Frank? None of these places (laughs) are appropriate. None of these places are appropriate to take a picture that screams, Hey, look at me! Yet, would it, it surprise you to learn that people have actually taken pictures of themselves at places like the ones we just named. When we get so wrapped up in ourselves, we forget who is in charge of the universe, and we forget about the people who exist around us. We have at our disposal tools that people could not have imagined 20 or 30 years ago. However, our stewardship of such resources has put us on a path of self-absorption and arrogance. Perhaps it's more apt to say even that we are more self-centered than those who came before us, or maybe at least in ways that are more apparent. And when our selfishness causes us to stop producing good fruit in God's vineyard, common sense would tell us it's time for a change of tenant, which is what seems to occur in the parable Jesus tells today. If the land is not producing fruit and is not being cared for, then it would seem that the owner has every right to kick out the bad tenants. We might think that we're doing a pretty awesome job. We might think we're good tenants. But if our lives, if our hearts are not bearing the life-giving fruits, we should be worried. We should be concerned. Because like the bad tenants In the parable, we often double down on our bad habits. Taking a selfie in an inappropriate place is probably the tamest example of how our distorted sense of self-importance harms the people around us. This warped understanding of ourselves exists in the moments we fail to treat one another with respect and dignity. In the moments when we think that our freedom is more important than other people's health and safety, that is an example of not bearing fruit in God's vineyard. When we fail to stand for love and instead promote hate and fear, that is an example of not bearing fruit in God's vineyard. And when we ignore the mounting cries for help because we think it might make us look bad or cause a stir, or you you fill in the blank. That's an example of not bearing fruit in God's kingdom, in God's vineyard. The vineyard wasn't meant for us, one person in a world of millions. The vineyard that God tasked us to till and prune serves generations. Every time we fail to care for the least of these, every time we fail to love our neighbors, we are killing the ones God sends as the evil tenants dispatched of the servants and the landowner's son. We may think that the landowner's decision to keep sending emissaries was foolish. I mean, the landowner sent already multiple messengers to check on the tenants of the vineyard, and every time the tenants dispose of them. Nevertheless, this isn't a parable about a foolish landowner. In a culture that highly valued a sense of honor and shame, the landowner would expect the tenants to treat his son when it gets to that point the same way that they would treat the landowner. For the people listening to the parable, they would have understood that by this time, the landowner would have replaced the tenants with someone new. And Jesus highlights this, and Jesus then builds on it to say that this landowner is different in the amount of patience that they show, if not naive, patience from the perspective of us, the listeners. It's here that Jesus begins to comment on our waywardness and selfishness and says, hey, you know what? You know this part about you killing the landowner's son? Yeah, that's lived out in all the moments you neglected to welcome me. And on top of that, that's lived out in all the moments you ignored the voice and the cries of those I asked you to love. Friends, God placed in our lives an abundance of good things to help us tend the vineyard. God gave us our intellect, our speech, and our ability to use our body to cultivate the fertile ground that exists within our heart and souls. Today, we find a cautionary word sprinkled with hope that we can grasp onto within the reading for today. The cautionary Word or the cautionary tale is heard in Jesus' address to his adversaries. Have you never read in scripture that the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The ones who fall on the stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. That's the cautionary tale for us. As we think about what it means to live out and not live out the word, the calling God has placed on all our lives, to take a hard look in the mirror that Jesus is holding up and say, I haven't lived that call out today. And that is where the good news comes into the picture. The good news is that the landowner, God, demonstrates an abundance of patience. Certainly, there are still moral and ethical implications for our inability to respond to the messengers God sends. And yet, grace is abundant. Grace is abundant and provides us with an opportunity to change our hearts, change our very being. I'd like to think that The people who took selfies in places that were unflattering and inappropriate learned from their mistakes. And I hope and pray that as we continue to hear and see the broken places in our communities, we learn that doing something to fix it is our responsibility. And when we don't, we know what happens. Friends, Christ is the cornerstone that we rejected in all the occasions where we let our selfishness take hold. Christ is the cornerstone that is the source of all good. And Christ is the cornerstone, the cornerstone that will shatter our self centered way of living, calling us, calling us to act as the hands and feet